Hey, Derek. Yes. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Holiday season's coming up. Mm, this Christmas. is a, This is a seasonal ad. You say Christmas, I say Hanukkah. Yeah, I don't like to recognize that one. Well, that's historically accurate of you. Anyway, uh, gift giving season, Derek. What are you, what are you what are you thinking, man? What are you gonna get for your loved ones? Well, my loved ones love geek stuff. Mine too, dude. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. We I feel like we run in we run in similar circles. We do. We should hang out more. We should we should definitely hang out. I'll get your number after this. Uh, but yeah, man, geek stuff. That's what I'm looking for. But I need a good spot to buy it at. You got any ideas? Have you tried Golden Apple Comics? Oh, oh my God! What is wrong with my brain? My brain is an idiot. How could I forget Golden Apple? They sponsor Comics? your show. How could I forget Golden Apple Comics, dude? They are the sponsor of this show. Oh, my brain is a fucking idiot, dude. They've been serving Hollywood for over thirty-five years and the interweb since it's been invented by Al Gore in nineteen eighty-two. It sounds like they know what they're doing. If I think they know exactly what they're doing. They're like the number one comic book store in the world, dude. You think if I went in there, they could help me with some gifts? I'm sure. You're, I mean, you're a star. I mean, that's the thing. Yes, I'm bagged and boarded Matt Cohen. I'm Smodcastle's Matt Cohen. I'm cop-out maximum comedy modes Matt Cohen. That Matt Cohen, yes. But you know the great thing about Golden Apple Comics, Derek? What? They treat everyone like Matt. If they were Matt Cohen. Well, that's no fair. Every man is a king in the valley of the Golden Apple, you know? That makes you less special. Only a Golden Apple. And right. everyone's special at Golden Apple. It doesn't make me any less special. It just makes everyone else more special. For a glimpse of the life that you lead. It brings the rest of the world to my level just for a moment when they step in those doors. All right. I'll, I can and it's, it's like it's like a trip to Disneyland or whatever. It's like suspending your disbelief. You're like, this is what it would be like to be Matt Cohen every day and have access to the most amazing Golden Apple products. They've got comic books. They've got exclusive comic books you can't even get anywhere else, yo. Now, I'm a fan of Stiltman. Would I be able to find Stiltman's? somewhere in in the store absolutely dude and here's the great thing about golden apple comics they're so helpful there and when they treat everyone again like they were a matt cohen caliber celebrity if you go up to the guy at the counter ryan or his mom sharon or any of the other fantastic golden apple employees mm. and you say hey i like stilt man hook me up dude they're gonna they're gonna get on that within 30 seconds you're gonna have so many stilt man books you can't hardly wait I have to get out of I was going to say walk. So I can go get it. But I want to work and I can't hardly wait reference because I like that movie and I might go watch it. You know what? Love Burger. I'm going to go pick up some Golden Apple comics, go home, throw on Can't Hardly Wait and just have myself a night. How about you? I'm going to watch it as well. But I got to get my Stiltman stuff first because once this gets out that they have Stiltman stuff. It's going to sell out right away. Yeah. Hold on to this until I get there, and then you can tell people. All right, folks. By the time you're hearing this, Derek will have already bought out all the Stiltman merchandise. I just want to taste. Apple Comics. But don't worry. Guess what? They restock their products. They know what they're doing, folks. Golden Apple Comics. Check them out in person. Check them out on the web. Just check them, check them, check them, check them out before you wreck them, wreck them, wreck them out. Thank you, and have a very happy holiday season. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Matt Cohen and Brendan Creasy, bagged and boarded. Oh, hi, how are you? I'm Matt Cohen. I'm Brendan Creasy. Welcome to Bagged and Boarded, live from the, the most renowned podcasting theater 
in the world, Brenda. It's my castle. What do you think about that? We're in our second year. We are in our, uh, technically sure. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. What does that say about us? And it says that we're still here. We're, we're kind of, we're, we're taking baby steps, I guess, if we're in our second year. Nah, man, we've only been open for like five months. But it's been two it is, it is our calendar next, years. It's our fiscal, it's, it's our next fiscal quarter. You're right. Like I had to hand in, I had to hand in the reports to this, the shareholders the TPS and shit. TPS reports? No, nah, man. The fucking dividend things. I took classes in middle school about this. Let me ask you a quick question. You get dividends. That means you buy a stock and they pay you for it or something. I, let me ask you a quick question. I think I've I'm been, right. I've been gauging opinions. Gauge, go for me. 2011 or 2011? 2011. Ah. 20, you know, you know what? I'm 2011 just, in the year of I'm our Lord. I'm just too lazy. And like, since we did it in high school, it's going to be like 11. <laughs> what were you doing in high school? Because you know, like your graduation year, you're like 98 or like whatever. Well, you were 2002. So did you say 02? I know I said 2002. Well, I said 98, so I'm like, now I'm like 11. It just switched to 11, man. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you've been thinking about? Is that your New Year's resolution? Is to get well, a fucking handle? Well, I've been handle thinking about I... all the assholes that are like, when you're saying, when I say 2011 or like 2011. And How many people are you really quite encountering? Quite a few people have done that. Where? And it pisses me Where? off. Where? Um, snarkworld.com and shit. Apparently I live in Snarkworld because like when, when at over, over Christmas, somebody in my family was saying that. And then when I was at home, like people were saying it, like correcting me. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> you have nothing better to do than correct me over the pronunciation. You're like, little do the they year. know, l- little do they know I have the means to complain about this now into a microphone. I know. <laughs> to the world. That's why I'm, I'm protesting. I was going to say your, 11. Fuck your blog. We're on Smodcast. 11. 11. That's it. You're just going to go with 11? It goes to 11. <laughs> the year, the year goes to 11? Yeah. Uh, you, you, dude, you're like our baby new year. Totally. <laughs> Keep your shirt on. We could just, you're like our baby new year though. Um, I got a cool shirt. Oh, maybe you I got my Walter Socek shirt. And today they do. Where'd you get that hot topic? It's on RipTheApparel.com, and they just released the Jesus, and I ordered that one, so I'm excited. Rock on, man. I got the whole series. Did you get it on DVD yet? You know it came out, right? What? The movie on DVD. What? Like 15 years? I'm joking. I'm I'm busting your balls. I'm saying you're late to the party, kind of. I like cool t-shirts, okay? All right, man. I got nothing against that. I like cool t-shirts. I especially like them on you. I know, and that's what's impressive (laughs) about it, right? If it was machine made, you'd be like, I don't need it. But someone, someone spent their time yeah. and hours when they could be hanging out with their family to draw this shirt I know. for me. Exactly. It's better than slave labor. Yes. It's love labor. Yes. The labor of love, this shirt. Um, 2011, man, you're rocking cool shirts. What else are you doing? Did you make any resolutions? I quit smoking. Did you really? Congratulations. Yeah. What what I day got, is it? It's day five. I don't know that you really could say you quit smoking yet. Well, then. I've quit for five days. And I haven't had a cigarette, and I got these thingies. A big pen? It looks like a pen, right? But it's an electronic cigarette, and I just... Do you always fucking do a little dance, too? And it's it's cool. It's Has got it been working for you? Totally. Are you going to smoke those forever now, though? Uh, because that seems what people do. They switch from cigarettes to the e-cigarettes. Well, at least I'm not, like, smoking toxic stuff and, like, you know... Yeah, but you look cool. You know who smokes cigarettes? Lee Marvin. You know who smokes e-cigarettes? 
I, like some guy from Modern Family or some shit. I, don't I just know. I feel better already. Right on, man. Well, I'm I'm happy that you, and it's working for you. Yeah, and and now Malcolm's not gonna beat me up. Why is what do you mean? He threatened to beat me up. Really? Yeah. Did you? When was this? Like every time he sees me smoking lately. He like I'm gonna fuck you up, Creasy. Yeah. Basically. I, that would be an amazing he smacked fight. smacked the cigarette out of my mouth. Last time I, I remember me. that actually. That was kind of endearing. Yeah. Um, uh, it, what, New Year's, man, what does it mean to you? A new year, a fresh start. What are you going to do this year, bro? What is this the year of? You know this what I mean? The year of bagged and cool t shirts. And cool t shirts. You're like, I will wear a cool t shirt every day, I swear. Yeah, and the year of uh, Fireball Island. No. <laughs> You gotta get over that, man. I, I think I'm getting over it. I think I am. Have you, re- have you finally reached like a, a, a breaking point? Like you don't need that? Well, it's too expensive. How much is it? It's like over a hundred dollars. For a board game from like the fucking 80s? Yeah. You could buy crack for that. Like a lot of crack too. Crack, notice I said crack and not coke because coke you get like what, an eight ball and a half maybe? Yeah. A gram if you know, I mean, excuse me, a gram and a, two grams and eight ball if you know a good guy. Yeah. Or if it's like a favor or some shit. I don't shit. know anything about that. Okay. Um, I could be off. It's been a while on my prices, but um, <laughs> but crack you could you could like you could be the crack king of the world for a hundred dollars, man. Yeah, so you could give out very... crack to bystanders and stuff like Merry Crackmas from from yeah. Brendo Man. You know what I mean? Let's get the world yeah. a hook, dude. Well, you know, bucks, yeah. I was and now I'm like I don't need Firebot Island because Ross gave me the Spice Girls PlayStation game. He did. And I'm really excited. He did. And what's the first thing you said to me when I came outside? I said, did you ever play this? And then I was like, wait a minute. Why would you I'm not one of the Spice Girls that were you. So there goes the entire Democrat. Well, it's like a dance version of Parappa the Rappa, which was the greatest game on the PlayStation. I was pretty content with like a cool dog and a beanie. I wasn't like, I need British checks. Kick, punch, it's all in your mind. (laughs) Is that Parappa the Rappa? Yeah. Keep going. I don't remember the rest of it. Disappointing, Brenda. I just know kick punch, it's all in your mind. Is that become like your life motto and chop, shit? Chop chop the onion. Every time every time you want to fight someone yeah. in your mind, you're just like kick punch, it's in my mind. You're bleeding. Kick kick block. Punch kick punch. I remember that. That was like the fucking karate guy it was, it was like chop chop. Made out of sticks or some he shit. He was an onion. Or an onion. Yeah. He was a sticky onion. Um So how's your uh, New Year's resolutions going? Oh, they're going. Yeah. Yeah, man. Alright. You're like, you're like, uh, I don't want to get into it too much mm-hmm. because I've got, look, I've got a certain, uh, I've got a certain kind of personality maintain here, Brenda. You know hey. what I mean? You don't want to, you don't want to find out that, that the people you listen to are real people, but, um, apparently I'm a sociopath. So I'm trying to correct that. It's a good thing to correct. You know what I mean? So it's not just like, smoke, yeah, it's just not be a sociopath for 2011, you know, or, or, or at least it. mask it to the world. Well, right? then you're even more of a sociopath. Uh oh, my resolution just got turned around on me. Oh, whoa! Uh, <laughs> no, man, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm like walking my dog to the tarp. I'm doing like longer walks and shit. I'm just like not napping. I'm returning phone calls. I'm being like a better all around person. I'm trying at least. That's good. You break me down to another level though, so let's not even get into it. But everyone else, I'm trying with you. It's like oh. I, I I'm on the exceptions list. Yeah, man. It's like, like an asterisk. <laughs> you're 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 with a bullet. You know what I mean? You're what is that? 
number one with a bullet or some shit? Yeah. I don't know, man. You're with the music. Bullet. You're the fucking music guy, bro. Uh, yeah, that's on the Billboard charts. You know what I mean? So that's my New Year's resolution. It's been going well, though, dude. You know what that's I mean? That's good. I haven't been a sociopath today. I don't think, at least. <laughs> Apparently, I'm wrong. Uh, so uh, w- uh, what'd you do for New Year's, sir? This is the first uh, time we've, we've done a show since our big... Uh, since last week, yeah. Right on. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I... At least you uh, threw in another one in there except for the smoke. Like, it's great that you're not smoking and stuff. I get... No, I'm kidding. I <laughs> hung out. I decided to have a mellow New Year's Eve. Um, my roommates and I made breakfast. and we At night? It. No, in the morning. We oh. did an all-day thing. I was like, you crazy fuckers. No, 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 no. We did an all-day thing. We woke up, we made a giant breakfast, and along with our giant breakfast... On New made, Year's Eve? Yeah. You made you woke up early and made a giant breakfast? Because I had the day off. We all had the day off from work. It was okay. a Friday. I made a giant pitcher of mimosas. Uh-oh. And... <laughs> Someone ate, got naked by lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> ate, drank, and watched movies. What time is this at? Did you nap? Started off at Did like Did you make it to noon-ish. midnight? Oh, Yeah. Really? Then we went downtown and watched the fireworks in Fullerton. It was nice. Was it awesome, man? It was pretty you awesome. You're like, we had mimosas all day and I'm watching fireworks and I love life. And I watched the social network and it was actually really good. Right on, dude. I, uh, I fucking was watching History Channel. They kept doing these. It was like history of prostitution in ancient Rome followed by history of prostitution in ancient Greece. And the only reason I knew the New Year's happened because all of a sudden I was like, wait, Athens isn't in Rome? And then I looked at my clock and it was 12.20 and I was like, Happy New Year, dog. What do those have to do with each other? <laughs> what do you mean? Wait, what is you realizing Athens isn't in Rome? Because the original, because I was watching the history of prostitution in Rome and I knew that the next one on my TV guide was the history of prostitution in Greece. And oh. all of a sudden I tuned in and they were like, whores in Athens. And I was like, N- I missed a oh. turnover there. So you missed it. 2011, give if me a kiss, it, buddy. If yeah. you miss it, does it not count? Uh, I got the um, East Coast one because I was watching the Fish Live webcast. Did you call your parents? No, maybe I don't know. Were they, they asleep? They st- I, I don't remember. Do they go to a? Not party? a big holiday guy. Do they go where? Do your parents do anything on New Year's? Who what? Am I, what am I thinking? They do less than fucking I do probably on New yeah. Year's. At least I was watching like the history of prostitution. They were watching like Curb Your Enthusiasm for the millionth time. I'm sure <laughs> they've got very few options. Curb bored to death. Cheers, but it's not on anymore. So. They got DVDs. They've just been waiting for 15 years. They don't own. They don't own a single DVD. And yet they. I, I don't have no response to that. What do you mean? Yeah, they don't. Our parents aren't fans. You know what I mean? Yep. It's My hard, mom has a DVD. It's a hard reality player. to accept. My parents have DVD players in every room, but they mm. don't own any fucking DVDs. <laughs> wow. Maybe they own a like. I'm sure every couple of years, like I'm sure they have Seinfeld, but it's they don't know how to find. They they would have no fucking clue how to do it. Wow. And they're tech savvy. It's just that they've never they don't watch TV really. It's a means to an end. They read and shit. And they they smoke a lot of pot and drive around a lot. That's what my parents do ninety percent of the time. Yeah, they drive around to like public places and smoke in public. Yeah, places, yeah. Which is so awesome. Like they were at Teddy Roosevelt's house the other day and they fucking called me like two five year olds. They're like. I hear my dad going, 17, 18. My mom's like, Matt, hold on. He's like, 19, 20. There are 22 deer here. That's like your parents' smoke spot. <laughs> they they like Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt's house. house. They go to the beach. They go to like the bay in Oyster Bay. They go by the water. They just wow. they drive around and smoke a lot. They're like, That's pretty are much old what people just invisible to cops? They think they are. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like, there really aren't that many cops on fucking Long Island, to tell you the truth. No like, cops? They're not cruising around looking for fucking... 
the cops where I live, because not much happens, they have nothing better to do. I feel like if I went outside my door and lit like a joint or something, there would be like eight cops. They would just come because they have nothing. You got better that to face do. though, and you're a ginger and you're yeah. a big guy. You know what they I mean? They pull people over you're like for Godzilla like, or some shit in pull, China. Like, they pull you know what people I mean? over for stupid shit like window tinting and things like that. Yeah, no, because nah, it's like I grew up in like the the fucking people will complain and shit. You know what I mean? It's all like fancy neighborhood stuff with the cops where I'm from. So like no one, the cops are, the cops are more of like security guards for fancy houses kind of where I'm, it's silly, it's silly. It's silly really, Brendo. You know what I mean? And that's why I became a sociopath because there were no cops there to check me. There there I needed a system of checks and balances and it just wasn't there for me. What am I going to do? I'm working on it now. That's good. Do you want to be a cop? No. You know? No. What if I get a uniform for you? <laughs> like, you fake it. I mean, just don't, like, don't actually be a real cop. Just walk around and pretend you're a cop. I think that's illegal. Cosplaying is illegal? As a cop. That's impersonating an officer. So I can be Cloud Strife, but I can't be fucking uh, Mulrooney from Maybe, something? I think if you were saying... What if I'm a cop police from officer, Police Academy? Then I think it's okay. Is it okay? Like, if I'm, like, Mahoney? What, yeah, but, but Mahoney's just fucking... But if you Gutenberg, your, right? Yeah. So he's just Steve Gutenberg in a cop uniform. I That's would, a good excuse, man. Yeah. I would be Sergeant Tackleberry because he was awesome. I'd be the sound effect guy. <laughs> Beep, boop, boop, boop. But I wouldn't yeah. be very good at it. And everyone would be like, fire this one. <laughs> um, dude, New Year's is all about, I feel like everyone gets all inspired. Like this is, I'm, this arbitrary day is the day I'm going to turn my life around, but I'm victim to it too. But it's, it's, it's always good. I feel like, insp- you know, cause sometimes life, Mm-hmm. It gets a little shitty, Brenda. You know what I mean? Sometimes I go to TiVo Adventure Time and halfway through, like the cable goes out and I miss two minutes and I have no idea what happened. I ordered a hat, by the way. Wow. Next episode of Back to Board, I'll be wearing a Finn Adventure Time hat. Nice. So I got big issues. You know what I mean? I understand the, the, the problems of the world. My DVR hasn't worked in two weeks. Like, and people say there are children starving in Africa. You never, you never hear about stuff like this. I like, know. It's two weeks? Yeah. I'm Luckily sorry. It's during I'm an sorry. TV time. This just became a charity that show. That shit better me. get fixed. You know what I mean? Life is tough, but. Yeah. Sometimes if you fucking. Sometimes it's alright. You sit it through, man. You, yeah. you get through the tough parts and life can reward you in, in great ways. And sometimes, uh. Sometimes when, you have when, to watch when TV it looks on like, the when internet. it looks like shit's over. That's the time to really, really pull through. And yes. our guest tonight is someone who can definitely attest to that. Uh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we are very, very proud to have with us tonight a, a comic book writer, a fellow New Yorker. Uh, he's done such works as uh, the Fallout Boy comic Toy Works. His amazing, and I say that because I fucking read it, and it, it's awesome, the graphic novel Winterman. Um, he's done the Halo graphic novel uh Recently this year, he got into a bit of a uh, a life changing situation, and uh, he's going to talk about it with us tonight. And and comic books and just being a fucking geek, as it were. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to order, Mr. Brett Lewis. Thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you for being on the show. Hey, it takes the jacket off and shit. It shows off the guns. I don't do that because I don't got guns, man. Hey, my Not friend even. was wearing that jacket at September 11th. This is a police jacket I got from a kid I grew up with. I take back my attempt at <laughs> comedy. You got to let me know about this shit beforehand, man. <laughs> I walked the fuck oh, no, into no, no. that. No, I'm kidding. Hey, 
I'm kidding. No, he, no, no. He called me 12 hours after everything fell down. I couldn't find him. I thought he was dead. He said, no, I'm cool. I'm drunk. A liquor store exploded. I'm drinking a bottle of Cuervo. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget, folks. Dude, you've had, you've had, but, but for, for, a lot of comic book fans, and myself included, have, have not really, you know, look, we're big into fantasy, and that's our thing, is escaping, but you've had a, a pretty crazy real fucking life, as well as being one who dwells in the world of, of all things fictional. But let's start off, how, well, you're from New York, right? You grew up yes, in, in, in uh, Sheepshead Bay, you said, right? Sheepshead Bay, Far Rockaway. I was born, however, in Manhattan. My father was uh, having a drink when my mother went into labor, and he said, I'm not having my kid born in fucking Queens. We're going to the city. <laughs> I want That's my kid awesome. born in Manhattan. And um, so they drove almost from- got himself arrested driving the wrong way to, over the um, Manhattan Bridge. <laughs> He's like, you don't understand. This kid can't be from fucking Queens. And you know what? Just to make that story complete, my name, Brett, came from, at the time my mother went to labor, he was uh, having a cocktail watching uh, Maverick. That's awesome, dude. I'm, I'm named after Maverick, Brett Maverick. <laughs> nice. What are you named after, Brendo Man? I'm named after my grandfather, Brendan. You're not really named. I guess that's yeah, a direct fucking name after, I guess. His name is Brendan they John. They copied. And well, my name is Brendan John. Not very original at all. It's a tribute. If you guys met in time, the world would explode. You know what I mean? Like the fucking shift well, continued. When we actually did meet, it, the world did not explode. How do you know? Ooh, moving back. Okay. So uh, <laughs> you, grew up, you grew up in Queens, dude. Were you as a, at a young age... Wh- wh- were you a geek kind of? You don't. You definitely don't seem like it, man. I read every book in my junior high school library because no girls would talk to me. You were a fucking geek. <laughs> so you were. So you. That was your first entree into kind of. I haven't read any books for the last twenty years, though. <laughs> <laughs> so so you grew up. You grew up. You were a big reader. When did when did um when did writing come into the picture? So was it always kind of you know? I, um, were you into comic books at a young age too? No, I hated them, and uh, I only read them at the dentist. I think I owned three comic books until I was in high school. You had a dentist that has comic books? He was rock and roll. Mine has, like, fucking Cosmo. Hey, I'm talking about Brooklyn. And <laughs> he um, gave me some, like, Metal Man comics. There's Metal Man Start comics. A closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a little bit closer. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> How are you guys feeling? What are you wearing? Um... <laughs> He gave you Metal Man comics. Like, anyway, hey. no, you know what? I, 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 I liked reading, but I didn't read a lot of comic books. And in high school, starting out, like I said, girls weren't going to talk to me. I had to do something. I think that's probably how a lot of people start ended up in a comic book store. Absolutely, something to do on a Friday night when everyone else is getting laid and we're having fun. You're like, I wonder what Flaming Carrot Man is up to these days. And um, I read, what changed it all for me was I read Dark Knight and Watchmen. And then I went, oh, this is actual for real. Yeah. yeah. That, those were the legitimate, legitimate literature. I read those in the 11th grade. And then I said, well, I could do that. But I started out as an That's artist. That's pretty fucking ambitious. <laughs> I was illiterate. I failed English every year in high school. And I started as an artist drawing for all those shitty comic book companies on Long Island. Like best comics, personality yeah, comics. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, uh, the the history of Spock. But, but you said you read you said you read Watchmen and thought I could do that. But being being a shitty uh, English student, was it more that you could do the story? I didn't think I could. No, I did not say I could write Watchmen at that time. I said I could draw. Okay, so it was drawing immediately. I started was, as an yeah, artist, yeah. and then a lot of the scripts I got were so shitty. I said, well, maybe I could work on this a little bit. I think that 
maybe from cavemen till comic book artists now, even though a lot of them evolved like I did, you know, I think it starts as a way for a guy who doesn't have the words to tell a story. And I just drew them. A means of communication, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah, Brenda, what do you always say? Is you, you're, you're, uh, don't you always say? Oh no, Jesse, there's a guy, what? excuse me. Another guy on our show is, 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 is writes screenplays and he's like, that's the one way he can communicate with the world. You know what I'm saying? Well, also the di- working on screenplays and comic scripts, it's dialogue more than it's having, you know, to be all out there as a absolutely. writer. So it's kind of a half step, honestly, when you're feeling insecure about your English skills. I mean, that's how I started. It's also kind of talking to yourself in a way, I guess. You know what I mean? Writing that much dialogue because you're having a conversation with kind of every character. I keep you know what looking I mean? over to make sure I'm not talking to myself right now. You might be, dude. I don't even know. Yeah. Um, so you you were an artist out on Long Island. You started writing. You started writing books almost right away, or um, I started wanting to change things right away, and I. Th- didn't, then I became an editor. I was the editor in chief of the Motown comic book line. Um, what kind of books did they put out on that? It was they were supposed to be vehicles for like black movie stars. Like I was doing, I did a book for Lawrence Fishburne called The Crush that Mike Barron wrote. I edited that. I wrote a book called Man Against Time that was the first time I worked with John Paul Leon. He did covers for me. Who you uh, work with again on Winterman? Yeah, yeah. No, Winterman artist who's, in my opinion. Best American comic artist of my generation. Pretty fantastic, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you folks have, I showed. Listen, I worked with Mobius. On, yeah, I saw on Halo. On the Halo. I showed him this, and he said, "I want to break that guy's fingers." <laughs> <laughs> Mobius is a dick. He's okay. He, he was hitting <laughs> what on the my fuck girl. guy sitting on the top oh. of the world. He's like, I want no one else to be like me. You know, he said, "I'm jealous the way he draws the fingers because when I make a finger, I'm cartoon of a finger. These are actual fingers. I want to break this man's finger so he cannot draw this way. Is my jealousy? This guy draws very, <laughs> very realistic. It's very. We'll talk about Winter Man in a sec. So you met him and you started, you started working with him right away. Was that John the first and I? Guy? We, we met at SVA. I went to school of visual arts. I went, to, I went there for a minute too. I dabbled there. You dabbled. So did a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Did you graduate <laughs> from there? I was gonna say you beat me, but no, we're both on I'm the not, same page. I'm not a, I'm not a big finisher. <laughs> me neither, dude. So we there both dabbled at SVA. It looks like, you know, SVA looked at me afterwards and was like, "What about me?" <laughs> <laughs> so you went. So you went. Uh, you were going to school there. Is that where you met John? Yeah, John and I met at SVA, and we um, both took. We were in Walt, Walter Simonson's class together. Wow. Yeah. And I. Actually, can I, it's funny. You started out by asking me, and I was an artist. The day I met John, I saw his pages. I said, I'm going to focus on writing. That's a true story. And I had been writing a Russian Superman type story for myself to draw. And he had these Superman sample pages he was pitching around before he did the RoboCop comic, his first job. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on Well, you writing. knew because if someone out there was doing it that because he was doing, Because the reason you're drawing is because you think you're the one who can get that thing right the way you want it. And when I saw that, I said, he can do what I want to do, and he's already got it, and I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm going to start writing things for guys like this. That's also you immediately, um, you're going to school, you immediately latch on to, okay, so now it's going to be a collaborator thing. I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to find artists who, who can execute exactly what I want. I was working as an illustrator. At the, I worked my way through college as an illustrator and bartending, and I quit illustrating. When I graduated, I went to work as an editor and started writing then professionally for, for you know first time for money like what was your fir- what was your first professional gig in comics well first one i was credited for was man against time which was which you said with that with a motown comics yeah yeah, yeah. It was time travel science fiction kind of thing but a black dude the 
That's mean awesome. Time Traveler was a, was a black fellow. I would read that. They never put black dudes as time travelers. You know what I mean? You never hear fellow after black. Never. <laughs> I, you sold me right now, dude. <laughs> They're always the mayor or some shit. Walter you know? Simonson did a cover and, uh, John, as I said, John Paul and Tommy Lee Edwards worked on it and, uh, Matt Smith. Those were some of the guys that were very cr- cool. Chris Cross, Stephen Harris. Chris Cross, like the group? Chris Cross, the, uh, comic Oh, it's a guy's a name. Of- yeah, he still goes by that name. He does a lot of Marvel and DC stuff. Right on. If I read it, I'm sure I wouldn't have been like, make me jump, jump guy. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say he was. Because you said Christian it was Mo- Motown Comics, and then you're like, crisscross. And I'm like, oh, shit. Was it like two young time travelers with backwards overalls on? Okay, but I do have to say, at my time at Motown, I did have Kentucky Fried Chicken in my office with MC Hammer once. <laughs> wow. You don't even need to say anything else on this podcast, dude. That's and a- thank you. That, no, no, no. That... Were you, did you, were you working on like a Hammerman concept? Hammerman? He walked by book? my office and he saw or smelled the chicken and he doubled back and he looked. <laughs> and I said, that's my, I'm waved him wow. in. He's like, my stereotype radar is going off. Well, I just want to say also, I was the only Irish guy working at Motown. I had a, the best bar in the building. That's awesome. That, All that. the cleaning and security staff in that building where, um, E Entertainment is now and the family guy, that building on Wilshire. I had the best bar, and every security and cleaning guy on the block knew it, because I was there till three in the they morning. They were like, "We like that comic book nerd a lot." Yeah. <laughs> Around midnight, guys. Hey, you got the tequila tonight? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. So, so um, you worked, you were writing for Motown. What came, what came next in in your kind of career? I, I got Bulletproof Monk. And I, I forgot. Excuse me, I completely forgot to mention that. I, I apologize. You you wrote Bulletproof Monk. Don't apologize. I didn't do appropriate research, man. I, Unless you're the guy that forgot to put my name on the movie. Did oh. someone forget? I am, I am not that guy. But uh, no, no. As soon as I got that job, I said, I'm not going to take these freelance editing jobs or illustration jobs anymore. I'm going to focus. That was my first like severe writing. And that was with who? Who put out? Uh, image. Came it out it was image. an image book, right? It was packaged by a Hollywood company um, for the... I, you know, one of those companies trying to make movies. So it was comics. written for, it was one of those kind of deals where there was a movie deal before the comic book had even been yeah. written. And I was trying to do, it's a book about Chinese guys and I used to pitch it around Marvel DC and everyone. Actually, the guy who ended up publishing it, the first thing he said when I walked in his office was, I can't do a movie about an oriental hero. <laughs> I had a stack of bootlegs from, from, I used to live on Canal Street. Colonel Sanders worked for Image? <laughs> they, you know what's funny? That guy used to tell everybody he was from New York, and that's how he talked. <laughs> it was one of those guys who like went to NYU for a year. Yeah. He was a lawyer for some entertainment company. And, <laughs> no, but I, I'm wanted, from to do, Williamsburg. I wanted to, I wanted to, I had a stack of like Wong Kar Wai and John Woo and Chai Young Fat, and I had the variety clippings that Jet Li was going to be in Lethal Weapon 4, and I had to convince these guys that it would work. First issue came out, and John Woo bought it. Because this was at the time before, if you're saying before, 1998. before Jet Li even hit, yeah, that's right before kind of the, the, the invasion of, of Asian cinema and, and that, and the whole aesthetic. So comic book, cause Shang-Chi wasn't fucking popular yeah, like anymore. Chow Yun-Fat had just started in yeah, America. Chow Yun-Fat had just kind oh, of, like, um, what was the mirror, the mirror sort of, the replacement the, the killers. The replacement killers. Yes. Like people had discovered hard boiled and stuff because we like was that at his Renaissance. Kinda, it wasn't even out yet. I it had, wasn't. I had bootlegs. It wasn't out, even out yet here, yeah. but people had legally found out so you about were, it. You were way in front of the wave as far as I this remember, is what people are going to. I'm sorry. I remember the first time I heard about hard boiled was um, Todd McFarlane actually has a cameo in Chasing Amy, and he's talking about it. 
And I was like, what the hell is he talking about? And I looked it up and I found it. Really? Yeah. Hey, dude, you already work here. You don't have to plug it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's how I found out about Hard Boiled. Uh, <laughs> so, so, you, they, they, so John Woo buys it based on the first book and it's off, right? Well, I worked for, I had worked for an anime company in Japan and Hong Kong and I, did you have to go there and stuff? Yeah, I, I go there a lot. And, that's awesome, dude. And that's a whole other story. But from that, I went and I said, dude, you want to sell a movie? They hadn't in three years. These guys had spent $3 million, hadn't made a movie deal to make 10 comic books, 10 issues. And I of said, Bulletproof Monk. No, saying. no, of other comics. Okay. And I walked in this guy's office and I said, they had hired me to write something else, like a Fu Manchu comic, and it never worked out. And I went in there and I said, look, I know what these guys, they're all coming over here. John Woo just had a three-picture deal with MGM. I know what these guys like. They're going to be looking for stuff that they think we like. I know how they think business-wise. They will like this. I didn't know they'd like it that fast. So Bulletproof Monk happens. So you said that's your first gig, and it's a huge fucking gig. That was gig. my first big gig. So you, you know what I mean? And, and it's a big, big splash immediately. How quickly after you're writing the books does the movie come out? The movie came out, what, 2000? So two, three years later. And you, they left your name off entirely, you're saying? That is what they do out here. You ever see the movie Tucker? No. You see that Tucker, movie Tucker? Tucker, a man in his dream? Yeah, where, they, where he makes the perfect car. Yeah. And oh, all yeah, those yeah, big yeah, car yeah. companies crush him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they don't make cars in L.A. <laughs> so they make comic books? No, 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 totally. They make movies here. But, uh, you, I'm sure you, but so. I was from, I never had a written contract in New York. Even back in the day at Marvel, you'd walk in, they'd give you a slip of paper like this. Here you go, let's just write your name on there, we'll give you your paycheck. I had a contract this thick out here, and people, you know, they played. still, no, yeah, yeah. I had to learn. Were you, were, handshakes so, don't mean anything out here. So that was your first big Hollywood experience. Were you happy with it? With the movie itself? With the. Oh, as long as the check clears. I'm happy. You're like, that movie was fucking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you know what? I didn't like, I'll tell you, they, they changed one word in the first issue. They, this is a true story. The guy said, we're just trying to chink it up. Oh my God. And what did they change? What word did they change? No, at to the chink very, it up? I think it's on the last page. The girl is like a, a red Chinese assassin and she says, I must do Chairman Mao's bidding or some nonsense. It's like some like weird fake English, like some yeah, weird yeah. fake communist something. No, 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 something. Totally. And you can read Winterman and know that I didn't write that line. No, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, so Bulletproof Monk happens, your first Hollywood yes. experience. After that, what, what comes next for you, uh, in, in your over your, as it were? I've, I slaughtered I've that. done a lot of under the radar kinds of stuff. I did a lot of like the licensed books for Marvel and I did one that was a Spider-Man book that was half a million copies distributed free at Target. Really? About uh, Spider-Man versus bullies and bullying. Prevention. Did he, wow. like, did he fuck them up? He did some shit, yeah. Oh, I want, <laughs> he's Spider Man. I want to read that. That's what I'm saying. Like, a bully's like, screw you. And then Spider Man fucking whips in and breaks his neck with a web sling and shit. He gave him a stern talking to as well. <laughs> he got moralistic on him. There were no quips in that issue. No, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, dude. So you were doing a lot. Quip. What other licensed stuff were you doing for Marvel? I've done a lot of licensed books. I briefly was the editor-in-chief of Marvel Music Line, but it ended up being canceled. I've, I've, I've been Wait, like doing comic, this for like 20 music, years. Comic books about music? They did put out some, but not the ones that I did. I was what? working on with U2 and... Uh, what were the U2 a, comic Were you doing the Spider-Man musical? 
I'd love to take credit for all Would that. Would it have been really? like the edge is like a super? They might lock you up if you do that. Dude. It was actually kind of a Zuropa fantasy Stanley Kubrick. Uh, oh, that'd be kind of cool, thing. actually. It was pretty cool. No, that was like Mephisto would have been like a comic book character, kind of. It was um, well, it wasn't with Marvel characters. That oh, okay. line was going to be individual licensed books, and then I did a series of. I had my own company um, that went public, and I'm not involved with them anymore, and I'm not going to plug their name. But it was a licensed sports comics thing. I did the Mailman comic with John Paul Leon, also of Winterman, uh, which was the thing I'm proudest of. I did a book with Tommy Lee Edwards called with uh, like Cal Ripken and Mailman Derek like Jeter and A Rod. What the Mailman like Carl Malone? Yeah, you Carl did a Malone. Carl Malone comic. Ben, yeah, it's That's sold. Awesome, it's, dude. It's, it sold hundreds of thousands of copies in Utah. Wow. And me and Carmelo did one of these things sitting at the um, Marriott in uh, Marine Del Rey. We did a little press conference. It was one of the highlights of my career. He's, awesome. by the way, nicest guy in sports, Carmelo, possibly the only basketball player not cheating on his wife. <laughs> yeah, listen to him talk. And I'll tell you, and I'll like, tell you hi, how, everybody. Let me tell you how you know. And I'm not going to say the other guy's names, but every other book I did, the, their agent would come in and go, don't have him standing near any girls in the book. Have him say good stuff about kids or something. Because their wives were going to be like, you were talking to that girl in that comic book. I saw it. And Carl and Carl Malone. You got Malone. some splaining oh. to do, Scotty Pippen. Carmelo was like, well, don't I rescue the girl? I want to rescue. His only requests were he wanted to rescue the girl and he wanted a monster truck in the book. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and a banjo. No, that's awesome, dude. And you know what? For that, he deserved to have it created by Chris. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he created himself. That's awesome. No, he really was. Him and Cal Ripken and Derek Jeter were the nicest sports guys. Every basketball player other than that were absolute douchebags. Like, the day that one basketball player's book came I'll out. I'll have you know, Brendo's in the WNBA, so he's taking it. They, oh, <laughs> you, you kept your figure. Oh. <laughs> you know. They, they called me the morning that the first basketball comic came out and said he just got arrested for sexually assaulting a woman and throwing a fucking joint at a cop in Washington, You're like, I can work that into issue two if you want. <laughs> But I did that for a couple of years and then um, started doing some stuff with Will Dennis at Vertigo. We did a great short story that one of the most, one of the things I'm most proud of was a little short story with Eduardo Riso for the Weird Western series. Yeah, yeah. And after that, immediately he said, let's do a book and we started working on Winterman. Okay, so, and, and speaking of other licensed stuff, I just was going to get into it. And I guess this kind of falls into, because I wanted to get the bulk of Winterman. You worked with, um, uh, Fallout Boy, and that's, uh, Pete Wentz, and, I worked right? with Pete, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and all those cats. I'm not, I'm not really familiar with their work, with the music. I'm not gonna say that I've never heard any of their songs. Okay. <laughs> I did that on purpose. I read all the lyrics, though, every single one. Well, that's what I'm saying. It, you don't have to know, I don't have to know what the fuck Fallout Boy is at all to enjoy this book. It's, it's kinda. That was the idea. It's really fun, dude, and you gave away a little bit something with, with, I bet how much I'd enjoy Winterman in it. <laughs> Because there's a random thing where this rabbi is making a robot and pours whiskey into the robot's heart. And the guy's like... True story. The guy goes, what are you doing? And he's like, uh, we, need, we need to put some goy in her. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, this girl's got a giant diamond that she doesn't show to anyone. Come on, let's face it, buddy. You're making a shiksa. And I was like, this Thank you. comic book. Is f- I don't care who Pete Wentz is. I'm glad this exists. I'll tell you, Pete is, first of all, first of all, Pete does the best Tom Cruise Top Gun impression I've ever seen. Let's have him on the show. <laughs> That's on record. Pete Wentz, amazing fucking Tom Cruise impression. So this is based off of one of their songs, this book? Uh, well, the, Tiffany Blues is a song title, and that's the lead character, and that was what they came in with, a girl robot named Tiffany Blues, and they wanted it to be, he loves Disney movies, they're classics, as do I, 
and Blade Runner and like that kind of no, absolutely or like Metropolis. It's it, dude, it's a real it's a real cool. I went mix. to Metropolis. Yeah, it's yeah, a real yeah. cool mix. You know what I mean? Like there is, I love. There are little fucking cute like robot characters. It is, you know what I mean? Brenda, you dug it. You read it too, right? Yeah. And the rabbi, you know what? Any book I've ever done, whether it was sports comics, and I used to argue a lot with those guys. They just wanted, you know, those guys just wanted to. I was working with sports agents then, like Jerry Maguire kind of guys. They just want to grind it out. You know, there's a lot of people with money that want to make comic books for no good reason. And I said, you know what? I was that kid sitting bored at, you know, Rangers game or uh, Shea Stadium when I was eight. and I was reading the program, and this is for those kids. I used to bring books to my Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez books sold. All over those stadiums in New York, and that was like one of my proudest moments. No, so, dude, I want I my, we had season tickets to the Mets growing up, and I would bring a fucking book every day. Right, you were that guy too. Sports, yeah, yeah, I would be reading like you know what I mean. Riptide by Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's a good book too. Uh, my. So you did this series. Speaking of other licensed stuff, you did the Halo graphic novel, which sold fucking oh, huge, best-selling right? hardcover graphic novel worldwide of all time. Wow. Really? That's that's real. There you go. All right, yeah, man. I don't give it up. I, yeah. I know it was number one uh, overall. It's it's still the best selling book I've ever worked on. Ever, you know, on Amazon, on Diamond, like it sells. And to like this you day. said, and like People you said, you got to work with, you guys in twenty languages. It's in every country. That's awesome. You should. Are you like a famous in the Philippines or something? I do all right in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to Japan with this guy. Uh, <laughs> we'll both end up dead. Yeah, I'm sure, man. <laughs> Uh, so you got to work with like cores like like you said Mobius before on that right like yeah you guys know who Mobius is right I mean I mean it doesn't get much more I mean I said John was the best artist of my generation Mobius is probably the greatest living comic artist one of, certainly I don't outside of Japan for Western world the greatest science fiction illustrator and comic book illustrator. and respected too he's like the Fellini of fucking and comic books the man's he's a one genius. of those names you know what I mean absolutely I don't throw that yeah. word around like people in Hollywood do. The man's a like oh, I throw it Basquiat fucking These people level are all genius. Geniuses. He was hitting on my girlfriend, and I, I swear he could have done it. He could have walked out. <laughs> Seventy years old. I will take her now and then draw a picture. Oh, he was so sorry you of it. He's <laughs> wearing shorts and sandals. We're at Comic Con. We spent the week at Comic Con, and we did a little signing tour around there, you know, local comic stores, and that was one of the best weeks of my life. Eating no, dinner with awesome, that guy dude. every night. No, yeah, yeah. So you know what I tell you? I'll tell you a Halo story about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. He, that was the first time he ever used a computer. First page of Halo, his first time he used Photoshop, first time he drew a comic. There's a, uh, uh, Jeffrey Jones documentary that's gonna come out soon that he's in. You'll see him drawing on the style, the stylus on the screen. He does that now. First page, first time he chose for the Halo book. And you can see if you really, I, I used to be an editor, so I can see the evolution going on page to page. Mo- you wouldn't. But he is playing with it, learning it. How do you know? And I, no, and I said to him over dinner one night, I said to him, let me ask you a question. Did you go back in and put these dots of wrong color in there? And he said, you saw it? And I said, yeah, why'd you do that? He goes, eh, it looked too perfect. And I put in the dot, your mind won't see, but your heart will see that a human being made it. And That's awesome. Yeah. You know what? He's right. That's all I want him to draw my... Because you can't tell a big difference between that stuff tattoo. and his watercolor stuff. It's... Like the no, transition. I mean, I saw, I saw some of the Halo work online. It's, it's pretty incredible. It looks, it looks like a hand-drawn watercolors. Absolutely. Let's get to the, um, let's get to the big one, Wintermen, sir. And Best then we're going to get into a story real quick. I, I, and it's honestly, and I'm not saying this, and I always, you know what I mean? I always try to be complimentary to the guests, but I read this today and like, I just read it in one sitting. It, it's really fucking good, dude. Because the, the maybe uh, describe the initial concept. I, I, if I may, I would say it's, um, 
It takes place in Russia. It's it's post Cold War. It's kind of these ex superheroes that have now find themselves, you know, either KGB operatives or something like that. And it's and it's it, it's set very much in the world of the Russian mob, though. And the superpowers almost don't even come into play, which I fucking love about you. Like, and, and I'm gonna we'll talk about it in, in in detail. But my favorite issue of the entire of the entire book four. Is is that the one where they just hang? It's the entire day and they just hang out. Like, yeah, yeah. I just met you. I know. Yeah, <laughs> dude. There's a scene, and there's my favorite. Maybe you know my favorite scene too. Is when the guy in the window screams, and the next panel they're drinking together. You know what I mean? Like that was that just happened right now out back. Absolutely. You drank with that guy. Yeah. Who we were standing at us? out back. Some guy yelled at us. I know. Right and now he's hanging out, out a window. And then he's okay. pounding on the, <laughs> um, no, all but, my Brooklyn strength not to do the raging bull. You're an animal. <laughs> We'll save it till after the show. Um, but <laughs> so, so besides, besides, you know, this Soviet superhero kind of concept, there's, there's such, it's such a hard book to describe in terms of what it covers in the story. Because I said, there's, there's one issue that entirely is just kind of their off day and it's these, it's these two guys just hanging out. And it's not like they're fire breathing, flying superheroes. You don't see their powers really. You have to care about them to care about the, you know, people flying around. And the fact that, and the fact that there, there's this, and there's this weird, it's all about, it all centers around this organ, this black market organ trade ring. It's, yeah, they, well, it leads into the story that there's a trade in organs that we all, you know, we all hear jokes about it, like, uh, they make jokes on sitcoms, like, oh, they stole his kidney. Absolutely, but it's, but it's true. And then, and that's, and then going back, you, this is very, anyone who reads this, if you guys seen like Eastern Promises or shit like that, like, I read, I'm, I'm, I'm Russian ethnicity. I read a lot of like Dost- that Dostoevsky, my favorite writer. It's one of those things where you get inundated so much in a culture in a few pages that by the end of it, you're so in that universe that everything is just not familiar, but it just, you know what I mean? It, you build. No, I want, I wanted to give you that false sense that you're, that you know what you're talking about. Like when you watch West Wing and you feel like you get that shit. None of us get that shit. No, we, not at all. We had to work in the White House. We wouldn't get it, but, but you feel like you're Or getting the wire it. or something. This no. is, this doesn't lose you Thank at you. all. And then it's, dude, dude, actually that's an apt comparison. It's, it's very, like the wire, that complex kind of crime thing, but it's never, you never get inundated with information you don't understand. Everything's followable. Everything's relatable on a human level. The main character is super fucking likable while at the same time does fucked up shit which is always my favorite kind of main character um every, everyone's real in it you know what I mean dude I, the, I wanted it to be like like comic book publishers like I got a lot of people I won't say who but when I was trying to make this book for a couple of years a lot of response I would get was well comic readers won't get it it's too much it's too hard I skipped over we're talking about work I've done I wrote the Cartoon Network books for DC for about five years oh wow Scooby-Doo Powerpuff Girls Dexter's Lab that kind of shit you went from fucking the Powerpuff Girls book to this that's why I like to say it because I get that reaction I saw the Powerpuff Girls you're like well actually now that I think about it that one guy who fucks up that who punches that fucking girl is kind of like Mojo Jojo no I get that question a lot. And one of the best compliments I ever got was my editor back on the Cartoon Network stuff was Heidi McDonald. And um, when this came out, people were like, there, all the websites were saying, there must be two Brett Lewis's, the guy that did those kids' books and this. And she went up in San Diego at a panel and said, no, everything he does, the characters are noble. Yeah. And I thought that was like the most dear compliment, if I could be gay for a second. I'm sorry. It's okay. Man, Brendo's gay was, all the time. He okay. came out of the closet. <laughs> He's legitimately gay. All right. <laughs> that was the most... Like sincere compliment I've ever gotten from yeah. one of my editors. Like it really touched me. That's badass, dude. No, and the book is. I mean, it's you're. It, it's it's so. Um, it's not a fucking superhero book, which is so. Do you, would you agree with that? You know what? I the powers don't almost I know matter. Where you're going and with it. 
It, remember the early like Love and Watch, Rockets? Just like Watchmen, though. Do you, you remember the early Love and Rockets? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Where absolutely. they were kind of one foot into fantasy, and it kind of made all that human stuff really... It was interesting, in a comic book especially. Howard Chaikin once came to talk at SVA. That's when I met him, and it's one of the first people I knew out here. And he said, you can't make regular jokes, everyday jokes in a comic book, because if some, if, if I see you and me are like pale guys, obviously we have our lifestyle, yeah, yeah, yeah. and people will make that joke in real life, oh, you're like a vampire. Oh, you work at night. You can't say that. In, this was what Chaikin said. You can't say that in a comic book because the whole rest of the comic book, everyone will be going, when are they going to turn into vampires? I don't understand. What's going <laughs> to... I wanted to play with that kind of thing. No, absolutely. See how far I could push it back and, and, and forth. And, and you do string along. like there's. And I recommend everyone should definitely pick this up. If you guys can go to Golden Apple, they have it. If not, check out your local shops, right? Actually, that's perfect time to mention that oh, Golden so, Apple. Yeah, we completely Ryan. We'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. Yeah, yeah. We'll bring Ryan. Out, we'll bring Ryan out at the end. You of the do show it anytime you want, but I just want to tell you yeah, right yeah. now, Golden Apple is going to do an event for me and Winterman because last year, the day this book came, and we're going to talk about that right now. I so, couldn't do it. Um, this is a crazy story. A year ago, uh, around Thanksgiving, you had just finished Winterman. It was about to get published, come out in stores, it, and you were going to a bar with a friend. What happened, sir? The books dropped at my doorstep. I worked on this book for six years, going to shitty Russian bars in <laughs> Brooklyn and West Hollywood and like learning all this stuff. No, absolutely. From yeah. guys that I was never sure if they were going to think I knew too much. And, you know. I mean, there's a lot of fucking That's a whole other story. Yeah, yeah. There were some moments, but they all love it. A lot of these people in this book are real people. And, um. So you've been in, so you've been in some dangerous situations before in the six years making this book and growing up even. I in went Brooklyn. to the first I mean, high school on. in America that had metal detectors. There you go right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> this came out, it dropped at my door. It was Thanksgiving week. So like it, the stores had it two days late from Wednesday or whatever it was. The day that it was actually hitting the store, I go to this club where I got a girl a job once because the place had gotten really shady. It used to be a classy jazz club where Miles Davis played, and a cousin of mine was a booker there. And this is in Manhattan or Brooklyn? Actually, oh, no, this is... you know what girl it is? If you read the Fallout Toy Works, there's a girl in here who works in a hostess club. You know what that is in Asia? Yeah, absolutely. Or it's they like have a, the Russian ones too, I think, right? Like, I went to a hostess club not knowing that it was a hostess club. That's how it happens the first time. Yes. I was like, hey, this club has a lot of beautiful women, and they're all so nice. Yeah, <laughs> and they would have girls come up and sing karaoke... And then they would come out on... Pour your drinks, light your cigarettes. Yeah. I don't even smoke anymore. I just... I sure. had to, like, <laughs> fight my way out of there. Well, because I had one that's drink, random, man. and then the bartender's like, that's this much money. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? So so your friend, so you were, you were going to... A the girl that that character, the Japanese character in this book is based on, because she talks like that in real life. It's funny dialogue. Um, I went to try to get her a job somewhere less shady, because this place had become a really nasty hip-hop club. And she asked me to stick around that night because she wasn't going to walk out the middle of that night, but it was a really rough night. And there was a robbery, or as we say in Brooklyn, they bum-rushed the bar. And if I hadn't been standing there and she had gotten hit over the head with a one-liter bottle of Grey Goose instead of me, she'd be dead. She's 90 pounds. And it cracked my skull open from here to here. So you, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere from behind, just for the record. Nobody gets me in the hospital from the front. You got sucker punched with a fucking bottle of Grey Goose. I swung it like a baseball bat. You know how heavy a bottle of grape juice is? Absolutely. It's heavy. Go feel one. And it's thick fucking glass. You could drop too. those. I used to bartend. You could drop that. It won't break. Yeah. And they broke. They shattered it through my skull, into my skull. And they... So immediately, so what What do you remember from that moment? Really? Anything? Yeah. The whole world, a room like dark with lights like this. That was last call at the bar. I remember it, right? 
sorry, I remember about eight guys coming from different sides, and I turned around to her, and then I got hit, and I went down, and the whole world closed up into a little white dot, folded up like, you know, Stephen Hawking shit. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, into a tiny dot, and that's all I had for those few days. They told my sister I, I was dead at the hospital. She had just moved here to work for um, Max Mara. She's in fashion. And two weeks, three weeks before she moved here, and then they're telling her, call New York, tell him he's not going to make it through the night. And then I started to live still, because I don't like being told what to do. Yeah. <laughs> but at this point, you're, you're, in a fucking, you're in a coma, right? I was in a coma for a uh, better part of a couple of weeks, but I woke up once. They were wheeling me into brain surgery. And I woke up and grabbed the surgeon's arms and said, fuck you, I'm not going. And then I went back. And then, like, I guess you are, buddy. The next thing yeah. I remember was, I, well, uh, I'll tell you about that. I wasn't talking to the doctors. I was talking to little creatures from Jacob's Ladder that were pull, <laughs> pulling my arms and legs away telling me it's time to go. No, yeah. Let go of all this pain. All that shit you read about, all true. Well, I was going to ask, do you, do you remember anything from the time you were in a coma? I was repeating. I saw some, like I said, the... Uh, the universe got very small. All the dimensions folded up into one little dot. And all I said in my head over and over for those three days that where I was completely gone was, fuck you, I'm not going. Fuck you, I'm not going. Was it like a dream, though, or was it like a consciousness? Well, uh, I mean, d- I mean, is a dream not real? No, I see, I see, no, I see what you're saying, but do, like, could you see people, or could you see the doctors through the little didn't, pinhole? No, or? they told me that afterwards. I don't remember that they were doctors. They told me I did that. The next, the first thing I remember myself is <laughs> I woke up a couple of days later and there were these two little Filipino nurses washing me and her name tag was right here, like her breast and her name tag. And it said her, her last name was, I'll never forget this as long as I live and now you won't either. Her last name was Areola. <laughs> You're like, apparently I'm in heaven, I guess. And, and they, and my sister told me the first thing I said was, sweetie, is there somebody here to make fun of that shit? <laughs> and she said don't worry it's covered and then they're like washing me and i was on morphine and my brains were coming out my eyes nose ears mouth and for real and i said call the doctor i think my hetero nerve was severed in the attack <laughs> <laughs> and so- they, god bless them they actually called the doctor and they're like quick where's this hetero nerve doctor and the t- doctor's like what the fuck are you t-? <laughs> the doctor Doctor actually came, and I don't remember this, but they, he came back and told me a couple of days later, and he said that I said to him, if this shit is permanent, pull all those wires out right now. <laughs> and then a couple of days later when he told me that, I said, you know, I used to like laugh at all those Viagra commercials that are on the golf, you know, on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every 10 minutes there's a Viagra commercial. I used to laugh at that and be like, when they invent the opposite pill, I'll be a billionaire in six months. What do you, what? And now I get it. Now I get those commercials because that was a rough couple of months. I hear you, man. Well, what, well, what, what, what was the actual injury? So they hit you in the back of the head. You can go on my Facebook page, look me up, and there's a picture I told my sister to put up there. Very proud of it. Of the crack, there is a five centimeter by five millimeter indentation crack hole across my right temporal temporal lobe, and I actually just got the MRI results last week. Thirty percent of my temporal lobe is dead now. And never coming back. But that's memory and emotion for those of you who aren't involved in neuroscience right now. So is that? Are there any permanent? Is anything different for you? I could turn that cell ago? phone off with my mind. <laughs> Why are you writing fucking comic books, <laughs> Deborah? 
is there right there. Deborah, is it true or not that when you put the cell phone on my bed when I was laying there in the first few months, I could turn it off and on? You could. <laughs> now I'm going to cry. That, it was heavy shit, man. My, I couldn't keep my head in my body. When I was a little kid, I lived with my great-grandmother who was a Mohawk Iroquois, and she used to say crazy shit about your mind. She was 100 years old when she died when I was a kid in Brooklyn. She would just sit there all day and say crazy shit to me. She couldn't see, but she'd tell me where things were. She would, and like my astro, father, like astral was, projection almost kind of thing. I mean, cause well, I'm into, I'm totally... the religion of her, the Mohawk religion is about dreams. And I don't know, but all that shit came back to me really crisp. When I got out of the hospital, I couldn't remember how to pick up a glass of water. I spent three days trying to figure out how to drink out of a glass of water. And, I, but I was remembering things from when I was three years old, like it happened yesterday. And when I finally remembered how to pick up the glass of water, it wasn't that I did it the day I got hit. It was three years old, little plastic cup, two handles, standing by the dishwasher in my great-grandmother's house. So you lost kind of line- a linear... Linear time was gone. It still is? Well, I'm sitting here. I got I mean, here on time. right? Almost. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but um, see, I'm get, it's been a year, and it's a long journey. and Like rehab and stuff like that and treatment, obviously, right? I lost I mean, 20 pounds in the hospital. I've got eight pounds back. That's my body. And I, like I said, I just got those results two to three days ago, this week. Um, did they ever catch the fucking? You guys know what? Who did it? I never gave those guys a second thought. Scorpions bite you or sting you, whatever. You don't think about that. That's what they do. I was standing there. I'm glad it was me and not the girl. No, that's that's fucking that's huge of you, man. I they mean, t- yeah. the doctors when I woke up were standing around going, "You should go on this TV show, Miracle Science, blah blah blah. You, you're supposed to be dead." Even to this day, I walked into Cedars. The guy looks at my picture of my head the ct scan and goes this isn't you this guy's not walking around Are you he thought i was a junkie Jeez, trying to get pills like, i'm a zombie <laughs> not really go look at the picture on my facebook i had my sister put it up there you can see the hole in my head it's pretty impressive and this is on this is on the day your book got released so obviously that i worked on for six years that i had to go to all these different publishers and people were saying eh, and they kept you know it was a hard book to make and, and it's a book that's kind of Set heavily in the world of violent crime, kind of thing. Uh, I mean, does it does it seem kind of odd? To, what happened in the end? Does it seem fitting? No, I mean, not, actually, not fucking fitting. Excuse no, me. No, no, no. You're right. This book is the punctuation mark of the first thirty years of my life because this is everything. I, I mean, I'm not Russian, and I didn't spend a lot of time with the Russian kids back in Brooklyn. No, yeah, yeah. But I went back and researched. But that's only a disguise. Most of this shit is true. Either if it's not Russian crime, it's me. That's, so this is the pre. That's semi autobiographical. This is everything before the accident, pretty much, is what you're saying, almost right? in, a, in a in a in a writer's kind of way. Of, no, absolutely. You know, twisted poetry Do you, disguise. Have you entered a second stage now? Here we are. What are you What are you working on these days, sir? I'm working on. Well, I did the Halo graphic novel with Bungie, Microsoft. Bungie's not part of Microsoft anymore. Yeah. Okay. And I've got a non-disclosure agreement about as tall as a kid. Uh, uh, but I'm working on something else with Bungie right Very now. Very cool, man. Right. And this time, the whole book's going to be me. And it's going to be another full-size graphic novel. And I'm working on something with Paul Azazeda. Do you know Paul? Um, just finished some Spider-Man and stuff. We're working on Batman, right? I, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's yeah. Um, one of my favorite comic book art, American comic book artists at this moment. And he and I are working on two projects. And we're going to take one to... Um, DC and we're going to do probably one at Image, but does, the second one isn't decided. Does the accident still color the everything. way everything? You know what the doctors keep asking my sister from the beginning till now when they take me in the hospital and like I can't drive now because I my vision's all fucked up. But they uh, ask her, "Is his personality changed?" And I go, "Doc, let me hit you with a bottle and crack your head open. If your personality and perspective doesn't change, 
then you should worry. But but it's not. But that doesn't necessarily mean a change for the worse, though. And that's no, the whole, it doesn't. That's the whole point. I mean, you kind of got a second fucking chance at life, as it were. Uh, well, dude, I was dead for three minutes. What do you think scares me now? <laughs> Brendo, no. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're staring at me. No, yeah, yeah. No, but after after you face death like that, what is what is anything? I mean, it's got to be. Empo- you know what? It's got to be empowering in a way. I'm gonna tell you a true for story. your art, for your personal life. I uh, I got hit. This is the truth. I got hit by a crew of black guys, and my friend from back in Brooklyn was visiting out here. Walked up behind me, my conscious front of my brain, which was off during that all those stories about turning phones off. It was all back of the brain, lizard brain stuff. The front of my brain said, oh, that's Troy. And um, the back of my brain went, there's a black guy behind you. It's like, it's like post-traumatic stress almost. I know. I, you're, I you're, fucking have that shit. Subconsciously, it's because it, it, you had a back brain, of my had, brain doesn't give a shit. You had a brain trauma. It's, it's just not that you're racist. You had danger. a brain no, that, trauma, right? <laughs> that's why I'm telling the story. Now, obviously, that's what I mean. I yeah, can yeah, lie yeah. to you if it makes you feel no, better. No, 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 no. That's what I mean, but, though. Um, and the fact that, but the fact that you bounce back from that and, and are still. I had to reconnect the memory of how I learned how to pick up a glass of water, or the first time I had Coca-Cola, or every single thing. I had to rewire while I laid there for six months. And I'm still doing it. That's like a recent example of do, just do you find your front ri- and back of my brain reconnecting. Do you find your writing to be different in terms of the process, in terms of what you want to write? Like it's I'm a it flows a lot faster and a lot wilder. I'm not thinking like an editor anymore. And I think that I was actually writing a letter to um an editor at DC today and explaining to him that. I used to be very much my own editor. Like every word in this I want to control over. I didn't want anybody messing around with it. And I think right now, the way I'm writing, I'm writing, like I told you the story just before we went up here about the Fallout Toy Works I wrote when I got Absolutely. out of the hospital. Yeah, you said- a 22-page comic book. I, could, I wrote 78 pages. So I, I need a heavy-handed too, editor right now. For the record. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. Nah. Well, I was also on morphine. There you go. I might be now. <laughs> I no, am. but so it's but as but it might but the process but nothing is necessarily it, it for the worse as what we're trying to say. You know oh, what no, I no, mean? No, no, no. I think that part of that part of where you keep that stuff, part of accessing your dream part or whatever you want to call it, or maybe for my Irish side, the drunk part. But getting into that subconscious part is what makes you write. It seems like you almost unlocked it more. And maybe my front brain was too engaged before because that's where you do the editing, and that slowed me down. Because I constantly want to do the fine tuning, and now I feel like the next things I do are going to be really interesting. No, absolutely. If man. you want a glimpse of true madness, you read the last issue of Fallout Toe Works. I wrote that with brains coming out of my ears and on morphine. It's that's edited people down like, from seventy-eight pages to like thirty. And people are always like, "That guy wrote that poem when he was drunk." This dude's brains were coming out of his ears. Read that book. So I'm sorry if that's gross. I don't know guys. what could be going on in it. Like I want to go get it right now, dude. Uh, no, you you really do have an inspiring story. It's real sir. life. You really do have an inspiring story. We want to thank you for being here. And like you thank said, you. Uh, uh, we're gonna in LA. We're gonna celebrate kind of the last year for you very soon. And and uh, Ryan from Golden Apple is gonna come out and tell us about oh, it. Thank God for a second, real quick. Yeah, but folks, and then me and, uh, me and Brenda are gonna say goodbye, good night to everyone. But guys, let's give a, uh, a big hand to Brett Lewis for being here with us. Really, really cool. Brett, thank you so much, dude. Thank you. We will see you soon out in LA, dude. Thank you. And Ryan is here to f- further drive it home. Thank you, brother. Oh, you got a microphone. What am I doing? What's up? What up, sir? What's going on, man? 
I just wanted my two minutes, man. How do you, how do you fucking top that? No, I mean, I got nothing to say now, people. I, I'm alive and, and I'm happy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, next. I, no, I, I got nothing, Matt. All right, I'm kidding. What do you, but what does your store have for yeah. us, sir? You know, More we, importantly. You know, we have, you know, in the spirit of this, you know, it was just Christmas and whatever. You know, Brett is one of those guys that I've known for a while. He's one of those dudes we always hang at the bar at con, you know, and when I heard this happened, it was it was unbelievable, and one of the things that came to mind when I started kind of reconnecting with him after he kind of came out of this was, we got to do something, you know. Let's we got to tell your story. So we came on the show and whatnot, but really I wanted to just sort of throw him a party. I mean, we're we're really? literally calling it Palooza, kind of in the <laughs> same vein of uh, like old school, you know, like Mitchapalooza. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because we're not we're really, Lollapalooza. Yeah, right. We're not really celebrating, you know, specifically winter men or fallout or, or any of that celebrating stuff. Celebrating Brett. Like, celebrating him. Like, the fucking guy's Sense. alive. Dude deserves it. Yeah, after going through that. Like, I mean, come and have a beer with this guy. You know, like, you know, I, come and say ugh. what's up, you know, buy a book, whatever. It doesn't matter, but we're going to do this. Just the it's, fact that he can be here to finally celebrate his book that he wasn't able to because look what happened the day it came out. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think it's a novel idea to have a signing for a book a year later. I mean, nobody does that shit, but yeah. an apple. So on Friday, January 21st, 7 to 9 p.m., come have a free drink. Come say what up to Brett. We're just going to have a little fun. We're calling it Brett Palooza. And that's the other thing you might want to get people on. You guys have an open bar a lot of the time, don't you? We do a lot of open bars. So uh, folks in L.A. I've had a lot of free beers at Golden Apple. So I'm saying. You, I know you guys like to drink. Come on I down. Will, I will tell you next week we're having a we're having a doozy of a signing <laughs> oh, as man. well, but no free drinks. But there's definitely gonna be some. It's, they're some, gonna make up for it in the personality. You can drink in the celebrities. Yes. How do you like that? Uh, we are doing the uh, release of Spawn 200. Oh, you almost. I was almost like that's 2000. No, I almost no. said 2000. <laughs> Spawn 200, dude. That is humongous. Yeah, we hosted the signing with Todd McFarlane back in 1993 for issue number one. We actually did all the releases for all the issue ones for all the image launches, and and he handpicked our store to do 200 almost 18 years later. Wow! So it's epic. It's going to be huge. It's uh, this coming Wednesday, the 12th from 6 to 8 p.m. with Todd McFarlane, and we're just going to saying and friends and friends. We we've invited people. He's invited people. It's an epic kind of celebration. All right, you're teasing feel, me now. I feel like there's, there's going to be some image creators and some other people like that coming out. So, folks, if you like comic books and Todd McFarlane, be a golden apple and awesomeness, be a golden apple. We're actually gonna uh, gonna be over there ourselves. We're taking we're, yeah. we're dark that night for the big event. Uh, yeah, yeah. We might try to get a couple people. You it's know. like golden apple on the road. We might do a little recording on the sly. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. So I'm, I'm see sneaky like that. I'm sneaky like that. And as far as comics this week, I won't take too much time out of the day. But uh, it, what do we definitely, got? Uh, you know, Kevin Smith's Green Hornet uh, twelve came out this week. Two Walking Dead books, if you can believe it. Number 80, for those of you who have been keeping up with the... I believe uh, it. There's like six Deadpools right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I but like you, and I like everyone. Yeah, so issue 80 of Walking Dead came out this week, but also a reprint of issue one. They made a, another new concept. They're reprinting every single issue, beginning it with one because of the... the because the, of that the smart movie. Another new concept called Wanting Money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The uh, show, but for um, people who want to collect a single a issue, that's huge, though. You know, we got mean? another yeah. old school relaunch, uh, "Lady Death" by Polito. Absolutely, uh, issue one came out. There's a new Ultimate Captain America number one. Boom. Pretty sweet. 
Uh, Batman Beyond was a little mini series they brought back after this yeah, awesome I'm happy about that know, shit. TV show and whatnot. And it was such a big hit, the mini series. They said, yeah, fuck it, let's keep, an let's keep going with yeah. this. So they started back at issue one this week, picked that shit up. And he's uh, an old Batman. There's even a cool, uh, New series from Radical uh, about uh, Wyatt Earp and stuff like that. that Very uh, cool. Dude. Saints and Sinners. Amazing art. There's so that much cool stuff awesome. out check there. Check it out, folks. Go to, check out GoldenApple. Uh, GoldenApple.com. GoldenAppleComics.com. That's it. GoldenAppleComics if you're in the LA area. Come on by the big events. We got Wednesday the 12th is Todd McFarlane. Uh, yep. Spawn 200. And then uh, the 21st is Breadapalooza. And there you uh, go, I'd man. be remiss if I didn't talk about the next couple cool guests we got coming on back to board it. All right. If you can see, you have to guarantee because if they don't come, then it's on you, man. That's all right, so. Tr- all right. I'm only going to tell you it's one. All on okay. Ryan. Tell us one, then. All right. Kevin East from the Chief Creator. That's the right, Chief folks. Ninja Turtles. On what's the date again? The tw- uh, the, the, ninth, the, the, 19th. the 19th. On the 19th of January, folks. Here in this room. This very right, room. Seating here. in between me and Brendo. Brendo might even be sitting a little bit closer. I'm sitting not going to lie. On my lap. Kevin Eastman, the creator of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the, the editor of, of Heavy Heavy Metal, Ra- heavy metal uh, like a like the rock and roll comic book guy personified. You've seen the leather He's jacket. Awesome. You've seen the long hair. He's super awesome. Now come, come see- hear him on Bagged and Boarded and see him live. He is he is really awesome. And, and we're, we got a we got you know with the sponsorship we're gonna do a whole slew of awesome that's guests awesome, and but just no, have that's a little fun with for, it for for two fucking for the dude who admitted two weeks ago that the most uh, first moment of self realization in my life had to do with Ninja Turtles. This is a big thing for me so definitely come check us out it'll be really exciting i just wanted you to know it wasn't all about like you know porn and hot chicks i can also bring bring the geekdom and the and the classic dudes too all right sweet man i wasn't doubting you i like it it's going (laughs) i can bring the thunder when i need (laughs) you brought the fucking you brought the tsunami this time sir so we're we're very appreciative thank you very much brother you got it we will will come check you out happy new year everybody uh brendo yeah, it's been fun, hasn't it? It's sir? been awesome. That's been that was an inspiring start of the new year story. Yes. What do you think about that, man? I feel really good. I what, thought it was a great story. What would you I'm do happy. in that situation? You would you would fucking I'd cr- die. Crumple. I'd be dead. You'd die, man. I'm dead. sorry. This would be your tribute show. A year later. A year later. It's just a year a later. Oh, I'm sorry. You'd be like, "What do we have to Oh, yeah, Brendo's dead." I'd be like, who do we got on the show tonight? They're like, you mean the episode where you celebrate your friend Brendan? I'm like, yeah, we don't got any fucking 80s actors. Who would you have on my show? What, we couldn't find Balky? Um, (laughs) If if Bronson Pinchon is listening, we please come on the show. Please come Uh, to the theater. Please come to the theater. Please come on the show. Uh, Brendo, uh, that was fun, dude. That was a lot of cool. Uh, Everyone go check out Winter Men. Check out uh, the usual nonsense. I'm on Twitter. Check out goldenapplecomics.com. Check out purple-tree.com for all your hoodie stoner wear. At Brendoman on Twitter. Brendoman.com. WTF of the day.com. You keep adding more websites, don't you? I do. I'm a mogul. Braxcomics.com. We're just going to be an entire podcast of just him naming his websites he owns. How many URLs do you currently own? A lot. All right. Uh, you can check me out at Cameltoad on Twitter at Smodcastle. Uh, check out bagboarder.com, cameltoadproductions.com, which I'm updating now. At finally. Derek Armijo. At Derek Armijo on Twitter. Check out me and Derek on Friday, Friday. nights here at the Smodcastle with our show Popsicles. Reaping and all the, the other edit. cool shit we got you going on this month. Our show Popsicles. Sorry. Reaping the entertainment industry. In the back lot. That's oh, my favorite part. Need so you to hear that. Say that. Um, okay. Other than that, Brendo, you want to go? You want to go, go get some fried chicken with MC Hammer? I'm totally. fucking jealous, man. Let's go find MC Hammer and befriend him. You down? And we can make a Hammer Man comic. 
I just want to be friends with them. Yeah. I just want to eat grilled cheese with them. You can shit. hit him up on Twitter. You're all fucking professional minded. I'm like, Hammer, I just want to be near you. I think you could probably hit him up on Twitter. He talks to people all the time on there and sells them cash for gold. <laughs> I want cash for gold. He's in all those commercials. Brando, you know what time it is? It's time to get out of here. It's hammer time. I'm Matt it's Cohen. Time. I'm Brendan Creasy. It's been bagged and boarded. It's been real. Wow. What? Find more funny shit like this at Smodcast.com. There's so many to choose from. There are so many to choose from on the Smodcast Podcast Network. On Sundays, it's me and Scott doing the classic Smodcast, the show that started it all. Mondays, it's me and Ralph Garman doing Hollywood Babylon. There's so many to choose from. Tuesdays, you get a double shot of goodness, man. Malcolm Ingram's blowhard, as well as Red State of the Union Q&As, our podcast show about our forthcoming movie. There's so many to choose from. On Thursdays, drop the gloves with the puck nuts, the same guys that bring you Tell Em Steve Dave on Fridays. And don't forget on Saturdays, Jay and Silent Bob get old with me and Jason Muse. There's so many to choose from. You could try some shows that aren't so regular, just happen every once in a while, like Highlands, a people history, where me and people that grew up in the town I grew up look back at the town we grew up in. Smarriage at Smod Castle, where real live people get real live married by real Rev Kev, that'd be me. There's so many to choose from. Smodimations, that's where me and Scott are drawn as cartoons. They take little sections of Smodcast we've done and animate them, man, and make them even funnier somehow. And if you've ever been to Smod Castle, then you've met Matt Cohen, and Matt Cohen has his own show, Bagged and Boarded, which is also now at Smodcast.com. There's so many to choose from. I know you keep telling me, man, but did you know that most of the podcasts at Smodcast.com are recorded live in front of a studio audience at Smodcastle, our theater out in Los Angeles on Santa Monica Boulevard between Wilcox and Cole? There's so many to choose from. Scott, even at Smodcastle, there are so many to choose from. Every week, you could see Malcolm Ingram do his show, Blowhard Live. You could see me and Jason Mewes doing Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. You could see Matt Cohen doing Bagged and Boarded. You can come see Tom Green do a show down there. You could see me and Mosier doing the occasional Smodcast 3D. There's so many to choose from. That's right. For one low price, 100 bucks, you could see every show. That happens in Smodcastle for a month. Every show you go, you get that basically comes down to be like four bucks a show. I mean, come on, you can't get a better deal than that. Go to smodcastle.com slash smodpass for the smodpass, or just stay right here on smodcast.com and listen to any of the shows that we throw up there free for nothing because we love you. And guess what? There's so many to choose from. That's right, Scott. There are so many to choose from. Smodcast.com. There's so many to choose from.